eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, and I am really excited to be joined this week by one of my all-time favorite Longhorn players and most underrated, I would put Roy Miller, defensive lineman from 2005 to 2008 for your Texas Longhorns. That's right, national champion Roy Miller. Um, Roy, how are you doing? Chip, it's always good to talk to you, man. I'm I'm doing good, doing really good. Yeah, and I mean, you uh, of course you weren't underrated in the NFL. You played nine years, got that all-important second contract, yes. drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. In fact, you told me you're still living in Jacksonville. That's right. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I'm still out here. I'm, I'm doing good. It's funny you mentioned that, man. I think back to those years at Texas, man. I played behind so many great players, you know, and and even when it was my senior year and kind of my time to shine, I still played around a bunch of great players. I felt like um, that, that took a whole lot of shine. But, you know, I would, it, it's not a, a personal thing. It's just that we had some great players on those defenses. And it's funny when I, when I look back to who was like all Big 12. I made the first team all Big 12 that, that year. And I think it was like the first time in a while that there was a three-way Ty, and it was me, Gerald McCoy, and then Dominican Sue. We were all, you know, tied for first team all Big 12. And it's crazy, you know, when I, I really, you know, sometimes I, I look back at my career, and, you know, it's like, why, God, why did I have to come out, <laughs> you know, during the time of Dominican Sue and Gerald McCoy and, and the likes? But I, I enjoyed it, you know, I enjoyed the whole process. Um, you know, I miss it to this day, and you know, hopefully I get my, my hands back into it. What do you miss most? What do you miss most, Roy? I miss the structure, I, I, the importance of, uh, you know, a very difficult task of winning a game, you know, having to prepare all week, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, to go – you know, across on some business trip and, you know, everything that you do is important. You know, the way that you, uh, you know, the way you sleep, the way you, the the temperature in the room, you know, how much ice, you know, all that, just the preparation I miss. I mean, obviously you, 
you miss the guys and, and, and that kind of stuff too. But I think more than that, I miss how serious, you know, we, we every single part of the, the process of the preparation was and uh, it was just intense. And I, I just, I love that process. Yeah. I mean, you love to compete and that was evident from your entire career. Cause like you said, in 05, you're still getting reps on a team that had everybody. I mean, Rod Wright and, um, you know, Brian Robson and Crowder and, and everybody, everybody. Yeah. And you're still getting reps on that 05 national championship team. And then, you know, by the time you're a senior, my God, 28 quarterback hurries your senior yeah. year. I mean, you always impacted the game. I talked about that with you. Um, you know, when we talked about getting you on the, the flagship podcast here, because I want to get inside your brain a little bit about what it takes because Texas has some, some good veteran defensive linemen coming back, but they also have a, a freak like Alfred Collins um, who, you know, showed out in the Alamo bowl. Um, But you're hearing the coaches say, you know, he's got to mature and it's got to be consistent and you got to play the run. So I want to get inside your mind about all that, but you know, take me inside Roy Miller. Cause I, I thought that 08 team was one of my favorite teams ever because the best players were the hardest workers. And I'm talking about people like you, Quan Cosby, Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley, um, Brian Arakpo. You, you tell me what, uh, you know, how your, your personality fit into that team and, and just how hard working that 08 team was. Wow. I mean, it gives me chills thinking about it. Um, we were just a bunch of guys who were just guys, just, you know, everybody kind of, uh, you know, when we, it's funny when I looked at the the rivals, you know, at the rivals or the different uh, recruiting sites at the time, like we were, everybody was so enamored into, you know, having these great classes. Obviously UT had it. 2002 and, and up from there, there it was just crazy, um, you know, classes coming in. And for us, uh, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I want to say um, I was one of the higher ranked guys in that class. And, but I still was somebody that a lot of people didn't know about. And so I think our mentality was that I, 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 when I really think about it, you got to give Coach Brown, uh, you know, the the credit because I think he instilled the idea of what Texas really meant. You know, when we put on our jerseys, uh, when we walked around, we knew, you know, there was quotes that, you know, the pride in the winning tradition of the Longhorns would not be entrusted to the weak or the timid. You know, it was play for the state, play, you know, play for your city. Um, we all just had this tremendous pride of being guys from all around Texas coming together to do something great at the University of Texas. And with that, when we walked on to the 40 acres, man, like the blueprint for success, I think was, it was pretty much laid out. Those guys um, were working their butts off, you know, and now that I think about it on all the teams that I played on, even in the NFL, I've never seen guys so having so much fun while putting in, putting in so much extra work. Like those guys organize extra 
workouts, extra seven on seven. Um, it was like they had everything for us just to kind of walk into and fall in line. You know, most teams, you got to kind of make guys do, you know, extra stuff. And, you know, you got to get people to buy in. But we walked on uh, 40 acres and we knew we had to buy in or we weren't going to be accepted pretty much. And the culture, like I say, when was set, and I think a lot of credit is due for Co- to Coach Brown. Well, I look at this. I now you got me calling up the uh, your recruiting class that 2005 recruiting class had. Uh, you were the five star. Jamal Charles was a four star. Henry Melton was a four star, uh, and then Jermichael Finley was a four star. And then there were a bunch of guys. Well, Rod McElroy was a three-star, but there and Colt McCoy was a three-star. But there were a lot of guys in that class that didn't work out. Um, but I'll tell you what, Roy Miller and Jamal Charles, Henry Melton, those were all uh, accurate recruiting rankings for Man, for guys Jermichael in that class. Finley. Yeah, Jermichael Finley, uh, Colt, you know. There was just like all the guys that was that were was in that class, you know, produced, you know, and it was like I said, initially, I think, like I said, nobody kind of knew who we were and all that. And I think we brought that mentality uh, to Texas and we just wanted to play, you know, just hard nosed, you know, and I think my every single coach that we've had and I really felt um I think the must champ when he came in really, really turned our, our defensive mind to a whole nother level, you know, Why? just what he demand, like what he demands every day. You know, the, I remember the first day uh, he came in, you know, this is a group of guys that uh, we were a group of guys that were competing for the national championship every single year. And, you know, it's my senior year in 2008, uh, Coach Muschamp comes in as we're doing the drill. The first day, first day, he's like, I don't remember the exact words and I probably couldn't say them, <laughs> but he was like, see, you know, we were doing a pursuit drill and instead of like making a sharp turn, right? Like there's specific turns that he wanted us to make with our feet as we went to make the tackle. And instead of, uh, you know, doing exactly what he said, like somebody, uh, kind of rounded their step or something. He he just blew a gasket and he was like, you know, this is why you mother, you know, this this is why you got you guys are soft. You guys don't want to win. And I'm we're just like blown away by like like who is this guy? You know, like we don't even know you, you know, uh, and stuff like that. But from that day forward, we knew he wasn't playing. You know, he we knew we had to come in, come to work and we had to be detailed, you know. I think he had us in so many meetings. I think our preparation uh, went to another level because we were we had meetings before practice, and offense didn't. You know, we we were just on a completely different schedule, and um, the accountability level was just at a at a crazy level, crazy high. Wow, that's that's good stuff. What what was your um, first impression of Jamal Charles? Uh, like even before yeah. he stepped on the field, like, you know, you when know you guys show up moving into the dorm. 
Yeah, he he was my roommate for three years. Three oh, wow. Years. Yeah. How about that? And so, you know, when I first met him, we, we just clicked. You know, he, he has a uh, – one of his family names is Miller, and so we just called each other Ken, you know, the whole time. Yeah. And uh, we, I, we just kind of looked out for each other. It's funny, and Jamal will, will remember this, but we were kind of – I remember we were broke. We didn't really have a lot of money. And so we were down to like our last $30. And so I think me and him walked down to the McDonald's on, uh, I think, MLK and bought like 30 double cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and we just stuffed our refrigerator with them. And, you know, over time, you know, they started tasting horrendous and you know, terrible. <laughs> but, man, we, we that's all the money we had. And we, you know, we, we had a lot of, a lot of fun memories like that. And... Um, I just, I thought he was a great guy. Another guy that I was really good friends with that um, he ended up transferring out was Jarrell Wilkerson. Oh yeah. And I thought, you know, Jarrell was like, I think at the time he just broke Priest Holmes like Russian record in San Antonio and stuff like that. And I played with him at the U.S. Army All-American game. And so he was another guy that I was, you know, in practice, people were like just completely blown away by Jarrell. And so people, honestly, at that time, weren't really talking about Jamal. I think Jamal was trying to do something so that he could practice. And uh, people were just blown away by Jarrell Wilkerson. And when, But, you know, once Jamal got everything together and it was just, you know, he obviously became, you know, the, the main man. Yeah. I mean, all you guys, um, great NFL careers, you know. Um Jamal, yourself, Henry Melton, uh, Jermichael Finley, Pro Bowler, and of course Colts still still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those quarterbacks they don't get hit in practice, Roy. Yeah. So they <laughs> they get to they last a little longer, especially those backups, right? Yeah, they do. He'll be in there forever. Well, let's. Oh, uh, wants to. We'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast with Roy Miller, 2005 Texas National Champion. Uh, played until the 2008 season. We'll get some more of his memories from that 08 season and um, and get inside his mind about how to how to succeed as a young defensive lineman uh, at a place like Texas. We'll do it next right here on the flagship podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We're back with Roy Miller, and Roy, um, you know, let's get inside the mind. How did you make it as a young defensive lineman? How did you get playing time? What what are the keys? What are the hardest things? You know, Muschamp always used to say, the closer you are to the football, the harder it is to play as a young player. Yeah. Well, at defensive tackle, you can't get much closer to the football than the center. So you're not supposed to play as a freshman, but you did on a national championship team. How did you do it? Um, wow. Uh, in my mind, it's simple, but I know it's – a lot more complex. Um, for me, a lot physically, I felt like I was ready to play. Uh, I had a lot of, I gained a lot of confidence through uh, my working out. You know, my work ethic kind of pro, uh, propelled me forward to being physically ready to play. Um, I think a lot of times young guys have a hard time playing because that defensive tackle or any position for that matter, you have to understand the defense that you're playing first so that you can make big plays. You know, for example, you know, a D tackle, if I know that my gap is here, I know I got the A gap, you know, between the guard and the, and the center. And I, you know, push a, I throw the center, you know, in that gap. Well, I know I can play, I've taken care of my gap and now I can make a big play. And I think a lot of young guys don't wrap their minds. They don't put the time in that they need to to truly understand exactly what their job is. And for me, that was always something that I I was always asking a bunch of questions with coach, you know, in this play, like, how do I you know? But what if I see this or what if I kind of get in this gap pretty quick? And, you know, I'd always try to understand exactly what the coach wanted from me, because once I understood that, I knew once I took care of that and maybe I, you know, I physically kind of put myself in position to make the running back or the quarterback not step there, then I can make a big play. And I think either a lot of guys, what that takes too is a lot of conditioning too. You know, you can't just be somebody that <clears throat> a lot of big guys when they're young and when they're in high school, they come in and they think they could just physically, you know, they're thinking they're going to be big and strong and just do the same stuff they did when, you know, they played in high school and they get this rude awakening that things are different. You know, you have to use technique. You have to, um, you have to, you have an assignment now, you know, some of these guys, they're so big, the coaches let them do whatever they want to do and they just play off of them. But that's not true, you know, in college. And so, you know, condition has definitely uh, always has been, the, the number one advantage, you know, because, you know, I tell my, like I tell my kids now, you know, the more that you, um, the more in shape you are, the, the more, uh, the luckier you get throughout the game. You know what I'm saying? You give yourself opportunity uh, but just because you're running and just because you're there, eventually something's going to happen, you know? And I, and those are, I think those are hard things for a young person, the concept, all I want to grab at one time. You know, they may come in and I think a lot of guys get the, the playbook goes over their head 
or they come in and, you know, they're dealing with trying to uh, transition, maybe trying to put uh, their ego to the side and realizing that, hey, you know, this, yeah, I got recruited at Texas, but now I actually got to play. And, and for me, and to be honest, and it's kind of off topic, but I don't understand, you know, in this day and age, how these young people are able to do that. You know, how they're able to, uh, you know, they're, when they're recruited, they're this big time, you know, recruit, like every single college puts up all these photo shoots for these guys. And they send them all these edits and graphics and they make them larger than life. And I just remember coming into UT and I was like the last recruit that they were trying to get. So I kind of felt, I kind of felt special about myself. <laughs> and uh, I just remember the first practice, you know, one of the staff members were like, hey, we don't care about that stuff you did in high school no more. Like, it's time for you to be a man today. Like, you know, he said in a lot, you know, a lot, a lot other words that, you know, I can't really say, but he he pretty much let me know from that point, like, you know, all that recruiting stuff is, is out the door. And so I. And, Who was that, Tali? Well, Tali did it in his own way. <laughs> Tali did it. Uh, this was Cleve. This okay. was Cleve. And so, you know, he let me know, you know, Cleve had a way of just saying stuff, you know, oh, cutting yeah. right to the, to the. Surly Cleve. And so, you know, those are things that that guys, I think as there was this time, and I don't know what to call it, but after we won a national championship, it seemed like recruits came in with like a different mentality. You know, they were like, um, just because they signed to Texas, it was like they were like the kings and stuff, wherever they were at. And they were just, I remember just talking to these guys and trying to get them and talking to their parents and stuff, they just really felt really high on themselves. And, you know, I, I just, from that, from those, uh, that 2005 forward, I think I don't want to, I don't, how do I say this? I think a lot of people took for granted, like the hard work, you know, they felt like once they signed that, that letter of intent or they committed that, you know, that they were the man. And so that they were a national champion or right, right. Like they've they done something. It. Yeah. Right. And well, that, that was difficult to uh and I think I think Texas struggled with that for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean it 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 um I mean they get to the national championship game in oh nine and and even with Colt getting hurt still had a chance down three with three minutes left in that game. But then it fell off a cliff and, and the program's been trying to get back ever since Roy. I mean, right. Texas hasn't won a big 12 championship since Oh nine. So that that's part of it, but let me, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but the young defensive lineman on this team, especially Alfred Collins, Moro Ajomo, you, you've got Keandre Coburn Tavondre sweat was out uh, in the spring, but he's a big dude. Um, Coburn's a veteran now what when you watch Texas football I'm sure you're like my man Dan Neal who watches it from the offensive line perspective you probably watch a game totally different than all of the folks listening to the flagship podcast right now watch a game do you watch a game and tend to focus in on the defensive line 
Oh yeah, every time, you know. And it's funny because I just, I remember, I was talking to, I think, Jerry McCoy about this. I remember watching the Big 12 back in the, you know, 2005 or 2008, and all the D tackles, you can go back to Tommy Harris and like, everybody was like under 300 pounds. Like it's weird, like everybody could move, you know, like, uh, you know, there was just like, a, it, was, it was a different, there was just athletic guys, you know, like I'm not saying guys aren't athletic, now they obviously are, but you know, how do I say this without offending anybody? They, they the guys, um, you know, we could run, we, you know, and you think about it, Jerry McCoy, Dominican Sue, Tommy Harris, you know, Dusty Dvorak, you know, all these guys were like freak athletes. And that's what made the Big 12 attractive to me. You know, I was like, man, I thought, you know, Tommy Harris was like the next Warren Sapp. You know, these guys were uh, big, but they can run and they could do everything. And that's kind of what I kind of prided myself on is being able to not only play the run, but play the pass, you know, all of it together. And, you know, yeah, so when I watch when I watch Texas now, it seems like they have run stoppers and they have pass rushers, you know, and it's like, I don't know, like when I see some of the guys, I'm like, man, this guy, you know, he needs to he probably needs to get in better shape, you know, because he needs to be able to play the run and the pass. I don't really when I played at Texas, I really don't remember coming out the game. I remember playing Texas Tech and I played like every single snap except for maybe two and which, you know. Yeah, that's like um, 80, 90 snaps. Right, pass rushing every single down. I was so tired after that game. <laughs> um, but like, I don't think guys do that right now. I watch right. these guys and, you know, I, it's hard to kind of gauge because of COVID and you kind of don't want to, you know, you don't know how it affected training. You don't know. But I think for our, our defensive line to uh, – I think what made us successful is that, first of all, we played in the backfield. You know, we were penetrating defenses. I mean, offenses. We were, you know, tackles for loss was our big thing. And uh, sacks, hit, you know, all, all that stuff was – playing in the backfield was important. But – you know, and I think a lot of people can say, well, the, the schemes that these guys have been in are different. And that's true. It's hard to get mad at a, at a kid because he's trying to learn uh, how not to, you know, maybe a coach wants him to eat blocks. Or maybe the coach for us, they wanted us to get off the ball and, and penetrate uh, offenses. And so it's kind of hard. These guys have had like three or four different, you know, coaches right. within the last, and I don't like that affects you. You know, yeah. it, you have to, like I said earlier, you have to learn exactly what the new coach wants before you can even take your game to a different place. You know, until you get comfortable in their scheme and understand it, t it takes like a person like you got to be very mature to be able to, you know, you, you have to be physically able and you have to be mentally mature and you have to be ready to work. All those things have to fall in place for you to adapt quick or else, you know, you get some of the young guys, maybe they lost confidence in the last defense, you know, with the three, four front, um, you know, that happened to me when I came in the league, you know, they first, they, they told me I was too light to play in the, in the NFL. And they told me that, you know, I needed to gain a bunch of weight. And so, 
they had me two gapping when I came in in the NFL. I'm like, man, this isn't what I don't know why you guys drafted me to do this because it's not what I do. And over time, you know, you just kind of after playing a certain uh, defense so long, believe it or not, like you lose traits that you know that made you, you know, you start ad- adapting to new traits and start kind of like letting the old stuff, you know, go. But the old stuff takes a whole lot of time to develop, you know. And so I think it's a combination um, of things that these guys have to settle into. Um, But watching them, I feel like the guys need to get – they need to get some extra conditioning in um, that's going to help them make plays over and over and over. I'm t- like when it was me, Arakpo, Lamar, uh, Houston, and Henry Melton, like we never wanted to come off the field. You know, it was like, no, like I, I want to get the sack. I want to get the tackle. I want to get, I want to make the play. You know, it's not, let me play a couple downs. And then oh, it was, it was different. And I, I don't, I think that's this, these guys are talented for sure, but I think they could take their game to the next level. If they if they if they tap into that, yeah, yeah. When you when you see a guy like Alfred Collins, who if if you saw the Alamo Bowl, he had a third down stop. He had a uh, he had two third down stops, a pass breakup and a and a play. Then he had an interception where he sniffed out a a screen and he kind of you know is falling backwards, makes the play. He's six five, three oh five. Um, can clearly make plays, but he's got to be a complete player. What advice would you have for a, for a guy like that? I would say for any guy, we all have our building block, so to speak, of talent, uh, of skill. And one thing I think that I did from year to year to year was just try to stack on top of those. You know, don't take it. Don't take offense that you know somebody's saying go get go run more. You know, just stack another stone on top of your game. You know, um, I think for all those guys, when you when you first thing you think of when you talk about consistency, the first thing I think of is conditioning. You know, if you're in that type of shape, people, you know, some of the guys on the team used to think I was crazy. Like I'd be there after practice running extra stuff like we treated practice as a game anyway. So we were running, you know, all the way to the receivers and, you know, we were doing that. And, and I know a lot of young guys would say, oh, you know, that's just an old man lie or whatever, but it's true. We literally were running, uh, trying to trying to get receivers on the, on the boundary, you know? And so those things I think of when you talk about consistency is definitely conditioning. And I think, you know, the more that, you work on your condition. You can't know how good you are until you are in the greatest shape of your life. You, you'll never know. And, you know, that, that's just where I think these guys can make take the next step is that I see flashes of great greatness. But, you know, and, and even in a lot of young guys, what they end up doing is they have these, you know, couple good plays and then they, because their maturity level isn't high, they may take a couple plays off. And the, I think what a young guy that's trying to turn the corner needs to realize is, you know, when I played a game, I had to really talk to myself like the, the night before, like, well, what if I have a great game? Like, how am I going to feel? 
you know, what if I'm having a bad, like you have to, a couple plays, a couple good plays can make you ha actually have a terrible game if you let it, you know, you'll have two great plays and then play the worst game of your life because you're, you know, ba you're basking in the success of the moment. And a lot of young guys don't understand that, you know, you need to be, to be great, you have to be able to put every single play behind you, you know, and just keep stacking them, keep stacking plays up. And, um, and that's a maturity thing, I think, and that those guys can, can uh, overcome. Well, you're a Colleen Shoemaker guy yeah. in town. <laughs> and, you know, Tommy Harris is from K-Town. Right. And Texas just brought in a grad transfer from LSU named Ray Thornton, who also is a shoemaker guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's impressed everybody. Like everybody's already putting him down as newcomer of the year on defense. What is it about K-Town <laughs> and especially shoemaker guys that makes them so, so damn tough and you guys you got to have on your defense <laughs> man i don't know I, you got guys from the military uh and, and it's the military is complex you know there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds you know you got you know you think it's just like this happy you know uh two-parent household with you know and beautiful family you know everybody's just living in harmony but it's just not the truth you know you got people from hard backgrounds, you know, a lot of these guys, it's like joining the military, it's, it's, it's their last chance, you know, it's their um, stepping stone uh, for a lot of guys, you know, for a lot of, uh, a lot of soldiers, you know, and so we, we'd have a lot of people that were, you know, staying with their aunt or uh, their mother, single, you know, parent homes, I think it's just tough. These these guys come from tough backgrounds, and but they also come from backgrounds where people are willing to work. You know, you got soldiers that these guys are risking their lives, waking up every day, um, consistently, uh, you know, putting in work. And so I think it's a crazy dynamic where you got, you know, you got people that may come from uh, different backgrounds, maybe misfortunate but they're willing to work. And I think that that shows the kids, you know, a, a beautiful lesson. When, maybe, when, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, my buddy, Mike Harge, who I did a radio show with from K town. He's always telling me, Hey man, nothing but dogs at K town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nothing but dogs at K town. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, as you reflect back, who's the best, player you played with at Texas? Oh, man, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you were there from 05 to 08, right in the heart of the golden era of Texas athletics, really, when you look at what baseball, basketball, football was getting done. I feel like everybody's going to go with the status quo of, you know, like the racks and, uh, you know, the Jamal Charles and, and all. I, I, I think about, I don't know, I was thinking about guys that just never, that I that I was so impressed with that maybe just didn't, didn't, didn't make it. And I, I don't know, I was thinking about, 
guys like Jared Norton, you know, guys that could hit. Um, I really wanted to see Ishii out of the way go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that guy could play too. Um, I was really proud of Charlie, Charlie Tanner's development from a young guy forward and Chris Hall for that, that matter. We went against each other all the time. And I just remember Charlie Tanner, uh, his the whole demeanor, like I remember like going against him. And at that time I was a lot stronger. We were in a class and, you know, we were doing pass rush and I was, I was just going to be real. I was just beating them like Senseless. all the time. Right? <laughs> Cause you're a, I mean, tell, tell everyone what you're, what your bench and your squad. Yeah, I was, was uh, so coming out of, out of high school, I was, I was a power lifter. And so one time I deadlifted 760 pounds oh. in high, that was my junior year. And um, wow. that got me in the state. Um, I bench press close to pretty close to 475. Wow. And um well I get what a squat. I squatted like six seventy or something. I was I was strong. And, <laughs> so you were looking <laughs> Tanner's ass. Man, I was kicking his butt. But Just then, you know, one day I remember this day vividly, like we were in practice and I like just blew through the line and just made a crazy tackle for loss. And coach blew the whistle and, you know, the coach used to call me a rolling ball of butcher knives. I was like, look, man, I'm sick of you letting this rolling ball of butcher knives. Like, coach, uh, golly. Uh, McWhorter? McWhorter, yes, yes. The old line he coach? Ripped his butt, he ripped his ass. I was like, <laughs> and then, you know, it was just like another, it felt like another day to me, you know, but then like, <laughs> Charlie came up to me after practice and he was like, and it, there was a play after that, that we, we went against each other after coach kind of got, got in his butt and he was like, Charlie blocked me really good. And I was like, the heck, you know, I'm like, who, who, not, like, how the heck did you do that? Like, and then after practice, Where's that came, Where's right, that right. And then <laughs> after practice, he came up to me, he was like, you know what, man, I really just had to make this mental adjustment with you. And man, I tell you, ever since then, like he, he told me, he said, I just I can't be afraid of different things. And ever since then, man, he was giving me like the best like blocking. I, I was like, man, like he Charlie and then, you know, Charlie went on to play in the NFL a little bit and he, he held it down for Colt for years. Um, him and Chris Hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Those are some interesting names. Yeah. Um, okay. In the NFL, what's your greatest memory from your time in the NFL? Oh, um, you, you were yeah. drafted by the Bucks. Yeah. Played, played, you know, a contract with the Bucks, then a contract with the Jags. Um, what? When you think back on your NFL career, what? What would be at the top of your scrapbook? Now, thinking back about it. I was telling my kids about Tom Brady and, you know, I, I've always, I appreciate guys that put a whole lot into their craft and they, they study a lot and do all that kind of stuff. But the first time I played against Tom, like it was his, his old lineman, like I'll never forget this. Like after every play, Hey, great job, Tom. Uh, you know, man, that was a great throw. And all, I was like, man, he got like, <laughs> 
come on, man. Like, you guys are grown, man. Like, it was just so annoying. But Offensive was, linemen were complimenting him like that? His offensive line, like, run, like running back to him. Like, it was just – I've never seen a display of butt kissing like that. Wow. Field. So, I thought that was pretty annoying. So, <laughs> I ended up getting a sack in the game on him. And he was like, wow, Roy. That was he. He was like, that was a great uh, hit, man. And I was just like, I don't know. Looking back at it now, seeing him win all these Super Bowls and stuff like that, I was like, man, he, Tom knew my name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was your rookie year. Uh, no, that was probably my rookie year. So I didn't sack him in the same game. I remember my rookie year. We played him in London, and I just remember the offensive lineman, but then I also remember us getting beat like 40 to like pretty much nothing. <laughs> and the fourth quarter, he's still throwing the fades like into the end zone. Like wow. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Wow. But, when when you sacked him, were you with the Bucks or were you with the Jags? When he said, hey, great, great I was rush. With the Bucks. Roy. I was with the Bucks, yeah. And so you were still a young player in the league and he knew your name and you're like hey he knows my name right I mean I I, I had a couple like I mean Junior Seau came up to me after a game and you know uh half Samoan so he he was like hey man I know you were Polynesian and you know and we kind of had conversation I remember I got a tackle for loss on Ricky Williams uh that was you know a cool moment uh, it was the luckiest play ever. It was raining on the field in Miami, and you know they got like the little baseball stuff, and I kind of slid. Like I've never. I, it was the luckiest play ever. I slid underneath the two offensive linemen, like just dove in, in between them and got up and made a play on on Ricky. But man, I, you know, hey. Ricky was a guy I looked up to uh, forever, and you know I remember him on Madden. He had like the he was like the strongest guy on Madden. I. I was just a big Ricky fan, so to be able to do that uh, was cool. What, what, uh, who was the best player in the NFL you played with? I'm assuming uh, if, if I said who, who you played against, would you uh, say yeah. Brady or would you say someone else? Um, it's interesting because I played so many, like in, in the NFL, I played short yardage fullback. Yeah, I played punt return, kick return, field goal protection. I, I did, just did a whole. You were lot in of such stuff. good shape, Roy. Because <laughs> your conditioning was so good, they're like, "Hey, you know what the reward for great conditioning is? More work." <laughs> yeah, they like they say, man. The more you do, the longer you stick around. Oh yeah, that was crazy for me. I, I, you know, I played a little fullback at Texas, and um, and so when I when I went to the NFL, they told me I was on special teams. I was like, man, special teams. I'm not, you know, I thought that was for guys that didn't start. Like, I just, that wasn't even a thing for me. And so coach threw me in all these different uh, teams. But I say that to say, like, I got to know a lot of different players in different ways, you know. Uh, You know, I lined up against Darnell Dockett and Allen Branch and all these guys, like, I guess they were, like, picking on me on the field goal protection team. And I had to, like, try to. Man, those guys folded me up like a presser, man. <laughs> I, I, I've never – I remember coming off the field and I told Coach, don't ever put me out there like that again. <laughs> and, I, you know, <laughs> Coach actually felt bad for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's funny. a lot of good players, though. It's way too many. I mean, play with Albert Hainsworth when he was at his at his prime. Uh, yeah. I think there's a difference. There's guys that were just so athletically gifted, and then there's guys that, you know, are good because they work and they're smart, you know, like a combination, you know. I think the really, really good players know how to do it all. And I had to block uh, Ray Lewis one time and as a fullback, and that, you know, went, went as you would expect. You know, ran him, ran him right over. <laughs> nah. <laughs> No, he he uh, he gave me a pretty good uh, hit. That uh, Patrick Willis too had to block him, and I don't really think he was trying, but he hit me, and it and it hurt pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's great stuff right there. All right, so what's your hope for Texas football uh, in in twenty twenty one? Man, like like most Texas fans, I'm. You know, we got big expectations. Um, I want them to, uh, first thing we got to do is beat Oklahoma. I'm sick, uh, tired of all these quarterbacks coming out of nowhere from all these other schools and helping them, you know, to to be as good as, as they've been. Um, but I'm definitely, from looking at that last game that, that was played, uh, was that the Alamo Bowl? Yep. Those those guys look great. I I just they everybody was clicking. They were moving the ball. Guys were having fun. Um. I like to see more of that, and I think more of that would be would would equal um, us potentially getting to the playoffs. I, I think that's what ultimately we need that Big Twelve championship. And I think we, we'll be off to a really, really good start. I love it. I love it. Roy, great uh, great conversation, man. I love, I love getting inside the head of one of the, the great um, underrated Longhorns <laughs> of my 30 years covering the program. And, um, and, you know, it's always good to connect with you. Glad everything's going well. And thanks so much for joining us here on the Flagship Podcast. My man, Chip, thank you. Thank you. It was great talking about it. All right, there he is, folks. Roy Miller, 2005 Texas National Champion, uh, finished up in 08 on one of the best teams Texas has ever had that didn't get crowned, uh, and then nine years in the NFL. Great conversation. Thanks to everybody for listening here on the Flagship Podcast. For Roy Miller, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.